Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Hello, welcome. November 1st here, 2016. It's Frank Arone, as always. Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. It's uh, just wrapped up week eight of the NFL season last night, so it's the uh, midway point here, or at least kind of sort of it is for most teams or some of the teams. And uh, So let's bring on Rob here. Head out to Vegas. How you doing there, Rob? I'm doing all right. Got uh, the baseball game on, a little T-Wolves, a little hockey, so I can watch that uh, alongside the podcast here. Yeah, I'm uh, a little jealous of that. I'm uh, on the road again for work, so I'm in my hotel room. I just got one TV on, so I'm having to pick between the, uh, the Wild, the Wolves, the World Series. Uh, little, I think there's some Tuesday action tonight in college football. But uh, on the one TV, uh, right now I got the Wolves, but I might switch over to the World Series there if it gets interesting late. You just missed a pretty good play here. A uh, little easy pop fly, and they a little miscommunication between the center fielder and the right fielder, and just let it drop for two runs. Oh, sounds uh, twins-like. Yeah, well, sounds sounds like me having a serious future on, on Cleveland to win the World Series-like to me. <laughs> but uh, how's the uh, how's the weather out there? I'm I'm heading out to Vegas uh, actually tomorrow for a golf tournament, so I'm gonna be out there for the weekend. Uh, looking forward to it. But uh, what uh, what can I expect weather-wise? Uh, it's a little up and down, but it's pretty nice today. Can't complain. Uh, it was a little chilly this morning. Actually, I think it was about 68 degrees in the house with uh, no AC, no heating on. So you know, a, little, a little chilly what we're used to here. But it's, yeah, it's uh, freezy. <laughs> yeah, but not not too bad. Definitely uh, pretty pretty decent golfing weather if the wind stays away. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, quit beating around the bush here and get right to it. Let's uh, go ahead and uh, look at our weekend recap. The weekend recap. So, Crabber, uh, how'd you do there last week? Uh, pretty frustrating weekend. Uh, I felt like I had some pretty good bets in again. Not 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 great by any means on some of them, but felt like pretty solid about them. I got there pretty easily with that Cleveland over 43.5. That When I put that bet in, I think it closed at about 46, so I got a lot of line value there. So I uh, can't expect much from that, and that was a pretty easy over. Uh, finished 31-28 there uh, with the Jets-Cleveland game. Then I had Tampa Bay against Oakland. Uh, that kind of moved down uh, towards Oakland there, getting some money towards the, the close, so I kind of jumped on Tampa Bay late. And I felt pretty good about it. I kind of handicapped that pretty good with Oakland coming pretty flat and you know being pretty high on themselves and making a lot of mistakes and just being pretty cocky and arrogant. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, Tampa Bay just couldn't get it done. They had the door wide open. They just really uh, couldn't do much there. Well, obviously, what was it, 24 penalties that Oakland had in most NFL history, and they still won the game, which is uh, the first. 
But, uh, yeah, and Atlanta I won but didn't cover, and, and then Philly. <laughs> don't think we need me to say much about that. That was uh, probably one of the worst beats all year, or at least in the week for sure. I don't know about all year, I guess, but for sure in the week. Uh, just uh, pretty awful up by 10 there with about six minutes. Getting, I got it at five, or at least at four and a half, and end up you know, losing by six in overtime just uh, getting a touchdown, and Dallas did. So pretty frustrating, needless to say. Yeah, uh, it uh, sure sounds like it. I know um, last week I uh, ended up getting getting over there on my uh, Oakland-Tampa game, which uh, was my pick of the week, and it was a little dicey there for a while, but I ended up getting there, so I felt pretty good about that. And then I had a couple morning releases on Sunday when I saw some of the line moves and got there with Houston, but uh, didn't get there with that indie team that I just can't stand. Uh, I thought the, there was enough value on them to be – worthy of a bet but no matter whether i'm betting on them or against them uh indy always seems to to get me one way or another so that was uh, a little frustrating but and then uh i had that uh i had washington plus three there in the london game which was a winner with the tie those three points turned out to be valuable and uh so i went ended up going three and one on sunday but uh, then I also did have a loser on the under in that Thursday night game, and I just can't seem to get a Thursday night bet right either, which is uh, frustrating. I should be taking our own advice and just staying away from those things. But all in all, ended up 3-2, and two, uh, including the Thursday game. So can't complain with a winning week, especially when uh, you know, a couple of the bets turned out to be just not having close to coming through. So anytime that's the case, I'll take a little bit of a profit and move forward to the next week. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm looking at your page here. I don't. Did you just have Washington personal? You did not release that play then, or? No, I I did. It's it. Uh, so I was gonna it was say I never, never saw that, so I wasn't sure what what was the deal with that. But anyway, we can we can talk about that later. So anyway, um, let's uh, go ahead and uh, look forward to the end of this week and see what uh, what we're liking. Yeah, so I want to so, say, first of all, let's mention those buys. We got uh, Chicago on the buy. We got Cincinnati, New England, Arizona, Washington, and Houston uh, for week nine buys here. All right, so six teams on the buy. Um, so that's going to be an abbreviated slate, obviously, by uh, by definition. So it'd be nice. I you know, I understand uh, you know the need for the buys and whatnot, but it, I much prefer a, a full slate, just have more opportunities and you know more potential chances to find uh, some value where you see it or discrepancies where you don't agree with the bookmakers. I but, do like. Uh, let's see if there's anything that jumps out here. I do like how they have the six games. Was it early and then they have four games late? I do like that scheduling a lot better. So I'm, I'm not. You know, it could be a lot worse, like last week. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand the overwhelming eight or nine games early and then only two late. So I do like how it is split up a little bit better because. Four games is very manageable there for the late slate, so it's nice that they give you a little bit more variety to keep you interested. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Uh, first of all, let's see if I can break my Thursday night streak here. And uh, the Thursday night matchup this week we got is Atlanta at Tampa Bay. little NFC South uh, battle here. And the crazy part is if Tampa Bay wins this, I think they're only a half game out is what I heard in the, in mm-hmm. the South. Which yep. is hard to believe with how, you know, mediocre to bad they've looked. But anyway, my uh, guess on this one, I had Atlanta minus five. What did you have? 
<laughs> yeah. I had Atlanta minus six and a half. My power rating was Atlanta minus six, and uh, I think we were both shocked to see that Westgate opened this one in Atlanta minus three, even money. Um, I think we both like this. And a look, sorry, look at line was Atlanta minus two. Um, but yeah, we both like this one. Uh, when you texted me before I even got anything in, and I, you said you see that line yet, and I was I haven't seen it, but I was I, I thought it'd be way too high. Is what I, I thought it'd be Tampa Bay getting like seven or something like that, which was going to be crazy too, but. So maybe that's why I shaded a little bit high just from getting that, but a little bit of a cheating on my end just worked out in the, not in my favor. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I saw three even money at Westgate. Like I said, that was the opener, and I uh, hit that right away. I put actually a unit and a half on it. So this is the uh, first Thursday game I've touched all season. Only take took nine weeks to get into it, but uh, I'm also one of my strongest plays all year. Uh, three even money, like I said. Now I'm seeing three and a half. Uh, across the board or even some fours so obviously i got a, a lot of good line value already on that one um released that i think minus 110 so just like i expected it's going to be going up i think that's just an awful line to begin with uh, so not not surprised at all and i don't think there'd be a whole lot of buyback on tampa even at this number but i guess uh, we'll have to wait and see but right now you know, like like land on the road here i think they're just uh they look pretty pretty solid last week i was on them they didn't cover but they even coming back like that uh were pretty impressive and tampa like i said they uh could easily beat oakland there if they had had anything but pretty much four straight possessions in that last quarter they just couldn't do anything it was just really miserable i was watching i watched every minute of that game and my god just just bad so i don't i don't really i don't really get it here but we'll see, we'll see what happens. It is a Thursday night game, so I'm definitely aware of that. But I'll take the line value where I can. Yeah, um, I think we pretty much know what we have with Atlanta. I think they're a fairly known commodity at this point. I'd say they're above average, you know, not Super Bowl caliber winning team. But they can put up points, and their defense is, you know, serviceable. Not, nothing special. but So I think they're a fairly <clears throat> known quantity here. And in terms of the Bucks, I think they're a little bit un- more unknown. Um, some people were high on them coming into the season, which it seems like it's been like that for a couple of years now. And uh, and then they ended up um, beating Atlanta at Atlanta in week one, which looks like a total anomaly at this point. And then they went on to just get killed by the Cardinals. And then in a great spot, I was on them uh, taking on the Rams at home there in week three and um, just completely no-showed that game. And, I mean, they were, they were kind of in control early and then just – just gave it away basically and, and basically no show the second half and ended up losing to the Rams. And uh, since then, they haven't really done much to impress me. They, you know, they've got handled easily by the Broncos. They they beat the Panthers on that goofy, I think it was Monday night game against Derek Anderson, which, you know, whatever. And then last week they beat the the Niners. Or, I mean, uh, two weeks ago they beat the Niners on the road, so I don't give much credit for that. And then last week, um I mean, to your credit, you called that the, the Raiders are going to be pretty flat last week, and they were. They were, you know, flat as a pancake coming out of that game. <laughs> and Tampa had every opportunity to kind of, you know, take a take a hold of that game and really take control, and they just refused to do it. And Winston, I was kind of high on coming into this year, and I thought, you know, as a fantasy player, as a as a quarterback, just you know, for betting purposes, he was going to be a a pretty pretty good one a pretty big plus and i think a lot of people were pretty high on tampa because they got, got quite a bit of talent and we got winston coming back and yeah yeah but anyway yeah it just really hasn't panned out that way and last week i couldn't have been less impressed with winston he just he had so many opportunities and just didn't even even the stats are they don't look terrible but uh, just watching the game they were just beyond beyond bad and uh and then once oakland 
finally recovered from their, you know, coming out flat, they basically just rolled right through them. And Oakland's defense is terrible, and the fact that Winston could get anything going against them is very alarming. So I'd, uh, I'd say spot-wise, it's not a spectacular spot for the Falcons after playing the uh, the Broncos and on the – or the – what was it? Played – yeah, they beat the one at the Broncos a few weeks ago. Then they barely lost at Seattle, and then they beat or they lost to the Chargers in a close game at home, and then winning against the Packers last week. So they played a lot of pretty good teams here in the last couple of weeks, and now they're going on the road on a Thursday you know, on a short week. But it is and you know it is division battle, so they should be somewhat focused for this. And I think what's really going to keep their focus is the fact that they did lose to them there in the opening week, which I think thinking they're going to be out for revenge a little bit here. So only laying the three, which I got it at as well, um, doesn't really scare me much at all. And if it doesn't win, it doesn't win. But uh, I feel pretty confident that um, the Atlanta's much the better team here. And uh, I just don't trust Tampa Bay to come up with a great effort. So I won't be shocked since it is a Thursday night if it doesn't come through. But I think uh, Atlanta at three is definitely the right side. And now that's up to three and a half or four, it's – a little bit trickier, but I mean, I'd still probably lean that way. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So um, now uh, on the Sunday slate, we said there's what three, four, five, six games here early. So that's that might be the is that the um, fewest amount of early games we've had all year? I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, I it's got to be. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, I'll have two screens for you. Got to find some NBA or something else to throw on on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know, I won't even be in town, so I guess I wanted to worry about it. It's a good week to be gone. There you go. But uh, anyway, luckily the first... I... What? Say, luckily I got my five screens out here you can watch with me. <laughs> there we go. It, uh, we can almost get them all in. So the first game we got up is a real exciting one here between Jacksonville and Kansas City. Um, my guess on this one was Kansas City minus 10. What did you have? Yeah, laying that chalk there. I, I had Kansas City minus 7.5. Uh, that's my guess. My power rating was Kansas City minus six and a half. The opener was Kansas City minus seven and a half, and the lookout was Kansas City minus six and a half. Um, yeah, obviously it's kind of going towards you expected it. Uh, going up right now, I'm seeing some nines or nine and a halfs. What, whether that's straight Kansas City money or just a little bit, and they're kind of moving it up there just for the teaser protection. That's kind of the. I, I would kind of kind of assume a little bit of both, but. Um, I mean, I, and obviously, if that was the case, they would just put it there to hang it there to begin with. But so there's got to be some Kansas City support. But I'm sure it's just mostly just uh, you know a lot against Jacksonville and Kansas City has looked pretty solid, uh, you know, for the most part here, especially coming off that bye uh, against Oakland there a couple weeks back. So yeah, they, they looked pretty good, and even even Foles came out there in relief for Alex Smith and, and looked pretty serviceable as well. Uh, pretty good. I know he uh, wanted to go there because you know liked Andy Reid and everything, and, and they were in Philly, so. I don't think that'd be a huge deal. I think Alex Smith's maybe another, I'd say maybe two, two and a half points better than Foles, but um, I don't think it'd be a huge deal. I don't think it necessarily even adjusts that much for a game like this, but maybe just in general. So still undecided right now who's going to be quarterback in that, that team, but um, I, I don't really want, definitely not be laying this type of wood with Kansas City, and I don't really know if Jacksonville's a team I want to support right now. So pretty, pretty easy stay away, and the total at 46, 45 and a half, I'm, don't really have an opinion either, so pretty easy to stay away altogether. Yeah, I I thought that the true number um, was about seven and a half, but I thought the number they were going to throw up there would be a little bit higher. And when I say true number, I mean like if you were to actually put a number up that was going to split who covered fifty fifty, 
like what the what it actually should be. Um, I think it should be about seven and a half, but I figured they'd shade it a couple points towards Kansas City because I don't know who in their right mind would want to bet on Oakland. I mean on uh, Jacksonville right now after watching them the last couple of weeks. So I figured they were gonna put a little bit of a premium on there to try to deter people from jumping on Kansas City, and if they did, having an extra point or two and. Uh, so that's why I put my line a little bit higher. And, yeah, like you said, the markets um, that thought that it was a little bit lower, too, or are driving it up to that point. So I don't really have any – we've talked about it before. I don't have a whole lot of interest in laying points with the Chiefs. But after that Jacksonville performance against Tennessee and against Oakland and even when they came back and beat the Bears, and I just – I don't really like this Jacksonville squad at all. No, that's not, not a strong statement by any means, but um, – I just, I don't know, even if they do win or cover or anything this game or even in the next couple of weeks, it's it's going to take an awfully big number for me to 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 really back these guys because I just, like, I, was, I had them, you know, I had the under last week in that Thursday night game, and basically their offense did what I expected it to, which was pretty much nothing until garbage time Bortles got unleashed and, you know, started padding his stats late like he does every week somehow. And, Coming uh, out of but, his gauge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got to get a, a meme and just keep really, you know, keep tweeting it halfway through the third quarter every week. This garbage time Bortles and <laughs> yeah, have have a little him caged up or something, shaking it and saying, <laughs> yeah. you know, have a little, have a little quarter one, then a quarter two, then a quarter three. <laughs> then as soon as it's going to like from three to four, you see him open up his cage. Yeah. yeah, quarter one he's laying in the middle of the cage sleeping. Quarter two he's sitting there <laughs> yeah. eating out of his bowl, and quarter three he starts rattling that thing. Quarter four he busts right out. Yeah, but, as are down by. You know, 10, 10, 15 plus. <laughs> oh, man, that's yeah, minimum. But, uh, and then in that game, so I had under 46, and it was kind of started off a little slow, and then Jacksonville's defense just looked like they'd stopped playing, or they traded out, traded in the Texas Tech defense or something, some garbage college football team that doesn't have any interest in tackling or even touching anybody. So it was just beyond frustrating watching that rooting for the under. So I just, unless, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Gus Bradley gets fired there. Sometimes, you know, I know they fired, was it the other Greg Olson as the offensive coordinator? Yeah. And uh, so I wouldn't would be surprised <laughs> if they clean house here sometime soon. They, they promoted the, the quarterback's coach to take over since Boral's looking so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, uh, well, like I said before, there's a big number to be laying with Kansas City. So, yeah, it's probably spent too much time on this game that we both agree is pretty easy pass. No. So let's head right to the next game on the board, which is Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota, of course, off that total no-show last night there on Monday Night Football, which was beyond frustrating as a Vikings fan. Um, I had this one at Minnesota minus six. What did you have? Yeah, good mind take a like. Minnesota minus six. My power rating was Minnesota minus five and a half. The opener was six and a half, but that's what I saw before the Monday Night game on pretty much after that horrific performance we've seen some shouts move down a little bit it's not like it was affected a ton but moving from a six and a half uh, even westgate moved from a six and a half down to a six so obviously a little bit of uh, uh support uh not in favor of the vikings so just from that that you know rightfully so uh and then the opener for this game or sorry the opener was six and a half and then the look at was minnesota minus six so Right in all that, right in the ballpark, and still kind of sitting six, six and a half area. Uh, I'd say more sixes and six and a half. So I don't know. I was pretty shocked by that performance. I did catch uh, on the under last night in Chicago, but uh, I I really thought it'd be more of a step up spot for Minnesota, or you would think so if they're a, a, a top five team, uh, or even top three like some were projecting a couple weeks ago. So 
I don't know. It's just uh, pretty pretty horrific. They just didn't really show much on defense. But I mean, it is tough when you have such a, the offense couldn't really do anything. I know a lot has to do with the offensive line just not being able to protect. But you know, Bradford didn't make a handful of bad throws too. But I'm, I'm not necessarily blaming him. But it, it will be pretty tough to get comfortable back there when you basically every 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 snap there's going to be somebody coming in right in your face. So I don't know. It's another game where you'd expect Minnesota to step up, but especially with Detroit not being too good on the road. But I, uh, I'm i not going to be laying points right now with the way this team's looking, so I mean, it's just a wait-and-see game for me. Yeah, I mean, that that performance last night was just, just awful. I, so frustrating. I had three three teasers open to them, open to the Vikings plus two, and you figure, you know, I trust Zimmer much like, you know, I don't want to compare him to Belichick, but, you know, Belichick off a loss is basically – they're just handing out free checks and you just write it for how much you want to take. And, uh, I, I was giving Zimmer, you know, kind of that respect figuring, all right, he's going to get them straightened out here after that pretty bad performance in Philly. And against a team that's one to six, they should be able to kind of go and, you know, set, set their own tempo and, and, you know, get the job done. But, uh, well, real quick that on that too, it's, yeah. uh, Zimmer, there's a few, you know, questionable calls that he made, even that timeout with, 30, was it 28 seconds left or something before they kicked that field goal before half? And then he calls a timeout and then gives them another, and they almost went down and scored or uh, got a field goal attempt. They had like a 60 yard field goal. They opted not to go for it. Uh, Chicago, that is, but you know they gave him an extra, whatever it was, 24, 25 seconds for absolutely nothing. And it's just like, that's just something like that's just inexcusable to me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there was, uh, I'm trying to think, I know there was that. And then there was there's a handful of things. Oh, that challenge! That challenge the guy was clearly down, and it wasn't even it wasn't even close. And I, yeah. I mean, it was critical time, but the challenge was awful. And then uh, just even some of, you know, I don't necessarily blame him for the offensive play calling, but the play calling is just really horrid. I mean, it's a lot of running the ball up the middle and deep drops passing when you can't protect and you can't block at all for the run. It's like, all right, let's let's scheme and game plan a little bit around this. Like this is obviously a huge liability, the offensive line I'm talking about. So let's figure out a way to try to, you know, either hide it or work around it. I know it's bad, but basically it's like, I don't know, it's just more being stubborn or, or what, or, or it's just that bad where no matter what you do, it's not going to work. But coordinator, he was, you know, to his credit, he was being a little bit more creative and their line's a little shaky too. So they ran a couple screens you know some little misdirection deals um you know moving they move the pocket a little bit and you know they did some stuff that is going to at least keep the vikings off you know off balance so there's a couple times where they you know busted through and they're like thinking they're going to get after cutler and all of a sudden you know they throw a little screen and go right over their heads and you know they, they got a huge rush on them but it doesn't even matter where the vikings on their offense basically it's like all right bradford's going to stand right here let's see how quick you guys get to him and it's just i don't know it's so frustrating but mm-hmm. whatever, let's uh, try to put that uh, put that aside as uh, in the fan rant zone and move on to try to look at it from a more logical profitability standpoint. And uh, in this game here, Detroit uh, did have coming through with a play on Houston there last week against Detroit, and I'm a firm believer that Detroit's um, a vastly different team on the home uh, home and road. And uh, so I don't really I don't really like supporting Detroit on the road. Um, although I do like them in this price range, you know, catching near a touchdown. But uh, the Vikings, I don't know how you could possibly lay six with them right now. Though their offense, you know, 
you put their to- team total at six, it's hard to even go over at this point. <laughs> That's obviously a little exaggeration, but um, so I was so, and then like even teasing the Vikings, I don't think you could even feel comfortable teasing them because after the last two performances, they could easily lose to any team in the league right now. But uh, the one maybe saving grace or you know um, angle you could look at for the Vikings is they might be a significantly better team at home as well. Uh, maybe their line can be hit a little bit better at home. So I want that's the one thing that would probably keep me off Detroit here is you know you're buying or you know um, whatever selling Minnesota at their absolute lowest, which isn't good. And also they might be a much better team at home. So to me, I think this is also a pretty easy stay away in the total. I mean, I'd lean under, but um, I don't feel strongly at 41 there. So I think it's a stay away as well. Uh, next game up is Philly at the Giants. My um, guess on this one was the Giants minus one and a half. What'd you have? Yeah, Giants minus one and a half as well. My power rating, Giants minus one. Westgate opened the Giants minus three, even money, uh, and the look at was three uh, flat one ten. Um, yeah, this is another game I like Philly. I think it was a pretty good bet last week. They pretty much dominated that game from quarter one to quarter four. Or not, I shouldn't say dominated, but they controlled it. No, not dominated, but yeah, definitely controlled it. I think, and was especially getting them getting the points like that, I felt pretty good about the whole game. Uh, they didn't do anything too crazy. There's kind of did a lot of dips and dunks, and pretty conservative and stuff, but. Uh, I don't know. I I don't think Giants the Giants are that good of a team. They are coming off the bye, and I know this. You know, Philly's played some t- tough teams. They played Minnesota on the road, or was that that was at home? And then uh, and then they played. You know, obviously last week against Dallas, they played some two pretty decent teams, and uh, you know played them both pretty tough. So it's not the best spot. Uh, but even then, I did put a bet in on Philly at three uh, minus one ten. I think I released at minus one twenty, and now I'm seeing movement down to two and a half pretty much across the board. So. Again, getting the best of the number, so I like Philly here. Uh, first instinct, I put it in, and hopefully uh, it'll work out. Getting the getting the flat three here, and maybe I'll keep Philly will keep taking money and get a better number. But yeah, just kind of more of a, a little bit of a fade to the Giants. But I'm also decently impressed with Philly, so kind of see how it comes out and see if they can uh, get a win here in a big division game. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I was going, I was putting in Philly um, right before that Sunday night game, um, where you know I. I, as you were, was on uh, Philly, and I also had some Philly money line at plus 200. So when they were up 10 late in the fourth quarter, I was feeling feeling pretty good about it, at least uh, if they collapse somehow, at least getting the split. But that was just a comedy of errors, and Dallas basically doing everything they possibly had to to screw Philly backers. So that was beyond frustrating. Then all there is, I think it was the pregame, uh, podcast I was listening to, and they were saying, trying to figure out how un, you know improbable that was, and uh, they, were, they came up with it. They said it was about a two percent chance that Dallas came came back there and and covered that game, which is uh, when you put it like in poker terms, is like hitting a one outer, which uh, is pretty pretty tough to swallow for sure when you're uh, on the other side. But you know that's uh, the nature of the business, so you just got to take it and move on. But uh, I, I agree. I think Philly's I think Philly is a much better team than the Giants. I'm not a huge Giants believer. And um, I, as I think at three at open, I, I guess my main, where I started that, I was I was going to put it in Philly. And right when I was putting it in, it said they take the game off the board during the Sunday night game. So I uh, didn't get the bet in at Philly plus three. And then when they reopened the game, 
um, where my outs were at. Uh, they opened it at two and a half, so I missed that three, so I'm kind of kicking myself about that, and I don't really feel like paying to buy the hook or betting at two and a half, so I'm begrudgingly staying away from this one for the time being, but I do think uh, Philly's in a, a much better team, and I don't really uh, upgrade the Giants a whole lot off the bye, so I, I don't trust the coaching staff either, and uh, so I I don't think spot-wise you might say, oh, Philly's in a little bit of a letdown spot coming off a division rival on Sunday night, but, you know, the Giants are a pretty big division rival too, and after Philly, I'm sure losing the game the way they did will have a bad taste in their mouth, so hopefully they'll come out focused. And um, and so I think getting points here with the team I think is quite a bit better is is the way to go. I was going to say, I do like the – I was hoping about the under in this game. That's what kind of was looking for, but they already – they picked it pretty low. I was at 43.5, 44, so I just stayed away. But I thought they might hang like a 45, which I would have liked it quite a bit and put a bet in on it. But now we're actually seeing some movement down, and I see a 42.5 and 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 43s, so – I guess a few 43 and a halfs, but it's a little bit of support for the under, which I do agree with. So I think the Giants defense is much improved and looks pretty solid. And uh, both offenses have looked pretty, you know, nothing, nothing great, but so that's why I like the under, but uh, obviously there's already kind of the value taken away there. Yep. So on to the next game, we got Dallas, the aforementioned Dallas Cowboys at the, where are they now? Owen, Owen eight Cleveland Browns. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 0 8 Cleveland Browns, but the almost 8 0 having me back them Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. I've been on them almost every week. Um, I had Dallas minus 7 as my opener. What did you have? I had Dallas minus 8.5. Uh, my power rating was Dallas minus 6. That's what it shows you. I kind of pegged it higher because I thought just re- disrespect for Cleveland in the marketplace. Um, the, the opener for Westgate had Dallas minus 6.5, and, and that was also the look ahead line. And uh, not surprised. We're kind of instantly seeing some support for Dallas. I'm um, seeing sevens or even seven and a half. So uh, that's kind of where I would expect it to have been. I, I saw a six, that six and a half at Westgate. I almost jumped on it, even though I don't want to bet Dallas really at all. But I was almost just going to take it just to take a position. So I could have came back on it later in the week once it got to a seven and a half just to try to middle it. But I didn't pull the trigger. But, you know, what are you going to do? That's not that big of a deal. It's a little bit harder when you don't really feel confident about the side. I'm just kind of doing it just to get the best of the number. But. I knew this was going up, so I should. I guess I should have looking back on it. But yeah, I mean, it's not really a whole lot to say here. Dallas is is Dallas. They look pretty good. I, I did think Prescott looked, you know, made a handful of mistakes last uh, last week. That Dallas did come out pretty flat and not as you know, they kind of got stopped at the roll. That buy kind of hurt him. I think if anything, just kind of like I expected, and that's why partially the reason I came in with a Philly play. But it was pretty impressive, needless to say, to to come through with that happening and still coming up and getting the win. Um, going to overtime was even impressive. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a pretty good team and, you know, they kind of seem to impress me almost every week, but I don't know. It's still not a team I'm going to be, you know, I'm not, they'd be buying pretty high here and it's not usually what I like to do. And uh, it's obviously in the, putting to the number here when they're laying seven, seven and a half on the road, even if it is against Cleveland. Uh, but I'm, and there is some money on the total moved up from about 46 and a half now to 48 and a half, 49. I see one, but so yeah, a little bit of support for the over, which I, I do agree with that. But yeah, another another game I'm probably not going to be involved with much at all. So yeah, I, mean, I, I I guess I'm not really sure exactly what you're seeing there with the uh, you know six and a half is the opener. I think that might have been before the Sunday night game because I looked um, looked to me like it was opening about seven and a half everywhere, and it seems like there's some Cleveland money from everything that I'm seeing. Um, 
and it looks like if you look at like the Westgate and CG, they they had it up there and then they took it down during the game and then when they re put it back up, it looks like it was seven or seven and a half or even like William Hill looks like it opened at eight, and then it got bet down a little bit. At least that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, man, you are right. Actually, I, six and a half was the opener uh, before that Sunday night game, and that's when I put it down on my sheet. Uh, and then they took it down like they always do, and then they put it back up a good point up above that. So I think kind of was seven and a half, maybe even eight. And then now you're kind of seeing some Cleveland support. So that, yeah, that is right though. Okay, yeah, so that's. Um, I think that does tend to believe that it looks like it's maybe a little bit of an overreaction because I mean Dallas looked good, but I don't think that they were overwhelmingly dominating that game by any means against Philly so the fact that they got adjusted a whole point upward seems kind of ridiculous to me and so the only way I'd really look in this game would be taking the seven and a half or eight with Cleveland but it looks like with the line move downward um, right now it's either have to pay 120 to get the seven and a half or take a seven uh, at even money with Cleveland I don't know if I'm prepared to really do either of those so um, we'll see. Maybe uh, as it gets closer to game day or, or Sunday morning, there will be some Dallas money that will drive this number back up, which wouldn't shock me at all the way Cleveland's been getting bet against at some point basically every week. So at that point, uh, it might, might entice me enough to jump on Cleveland's side, but we'll have to see how that plays out as the week goes on and, uh, and go from there. Uh, next game up we got is the Jets at Miami. Uh, and this one, I had Miami minus four is my guess. What would you have? Yeah, I had Miami minus two and a half. My power range, Miami minus one and a half. The Westgate opened, Miami minus three and a half, minus 120. And the look ahead for Westgate was Miami minus three. So right now we're you know, seeing pretty much the same line here. Maybe a little bit of money towards Miami. But you know, this is a game where I uh, obviously would you know lean the Jets just for my power rate and everything. But... It's just hard with uh, Fitzpatrick here and the, and, the, and the whole Jet squad, the whole way the locker room is, and miscommunication, and you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that I'm not really a locker room I'm willing to back here, put my money towards, even getting this many points here, especially Miami, uh, a team that I consider one of the worst home fields in the league, one and a half, two, maybe, uh, is what I give an advantage over just a uh, standard, compared to a home team normally, is about three, so... Yeah, I mean, the way I would look here is the Jets. I don't really like back in Miami here at this many points, uh, but it's just it's just hard to back the Jets uh, like coming off of two 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 wins here in a row. So I think I'll pretty much staying away pretty easily. Yeah, if I gave you a guess, uh, which game on the board here has two teams coming off back to back wins, both of them? Uh, take me a few guesses before I would have got to the Jets in Miami. That's for sure. Uh, I don't really yeah, exactly. Like, I don't really like either of these teams. Uh, Miami, they're an off a bye as well as the back-to-back wins against the Steelers and the Bills, but I don't give them a ton of credit for that. I'm still not a Tannehill believer. Uh, Case, the head coach there, I'm not really sure what to make of him yet. I don't think he's – I was a fan of the hire, but I don't think he's really given us enough to, either way to make a have too strong of an opinion. Uh, as far as the Jets go, uh, you're, you know, you're kind of buying them high at this point with uh, – off two wins which against the Ravens and the Browns is that doesn't instill a whole lot of confidence in as far as backing them going forward so I kind of get where you're going with uh, two teams you don't really know what to make of that aren't too good take take more than a field goal especially with that weak home field that Miami has but I do think Miami potentially is 
can get closer to an average team than the Jets can this year. So I would rather buy Miami than the Jets. Uh, but at that price, there's no way I'm going to be able to lay more than a field goal with them. So for me, it's a fairly easy pass. The one note I do want to make about this game is as far as the Jets go, I know earlier in the year I was kind of a buyer on their coach, Todd Bowles, and I liked uh, I liked his pedigree coming from Arizona there uh, with a pretty having creating a pretty good defense there, and I heard some pretty promising signs or promising things about him and some some good early signs, uh, but the last few weeks I've really kind of been disenchanted with his game management and the team's kind of quit on him a couple times, which is never a good sign when the team's willing to quit less than halfway through a season on a coach. So I used to give the Jets a little bit of a bump for having him as a coach, but I think now it's neutral at best uh, as far as he goes. So um, not a, not a huge believer in him. That's one thing I was definitely wrong on uh, that I've changed my mind on here as the season's gone on. And I think that's a good point is if you're wrong about something, uh, you're going to lose some money. But if you're stubborn and you're not willing to change your mind on something, you're going to lose a whole heck of a lot more. So I'd much rather admit when I'm wrong and change my opinion and stop the bleeding than I would you know, just uh, keep being stubborn and, and bleed out there to, to keep that analogy going. So anyway, I just wanted to make that point before we move on to the next game. Uh, the next one up we got is Pittsburgh at Baltimore. And I guess this one, thinking it was a Landry Jones line as the Pittsburgh quarterback, as a little caveat, and I had Baltimore minus one and a half. What did you have here? Yeah, this one I had Baltimore minus one. My power rating was a pick, and at the time when I did it, there was no no opener, and there still isn't an opener. So uh, for even for for Westgate, I should say. So right now, I'm seeing on the, on the board, you see you know two two and a halves. But the, the problem with that, even when I was listening to podcasts and stuff yesterday, people are saying, oh, wow, you know, this is two, two and a half with Roethlisberger. I'm you know, in love with Pittsburgh. I'm take that. It's like, well, no, those aren't real numbers. That's just you know, a site like Vegas Insider and something else. You know, they'll, they'll get a, a number from one of these books that they put out there because it was up there at one point, but then they took it off the board, and they don't have any indication just the way the program works or the way they you know, send the information. There's no indication when they take a number down. So that's just basically whatever they get last, and whatever they got last was what they took down. So right now there's nothing on the board. So, you know, that's not a real number. Uh, if it, Roethlisberger is kind of questionable right now, he, I think he is supposed to play, but uh, the books aren't going to put anything up there because they want to make, you know, know for sure what the deal is. So I would expect this line to come in if, if Roethlisberger is healthy, then, you know, in the Pittsburgh one or two area, uh, being favorite uh, compared to being uh, right now there. You know, without him, it looked like it would be like two and a half or three without Roethlisberger. So. Um, I just you know keep that note on there because all the places that I have in Vegas and even the offshore books, none of them have it up. So uh, that could have changed within the last couple hours, but as of a couple hours ago, that, that was the case. But as for the handicap itself, uh, I, I don't know. I, I like Baltimore coming off a buy here. I you know it seems like a kind of a good spot. I haven't really liked them all year. Even when they came off three and zero started the season, I wasn't really too high on them. But this also is a pretty good spot for Pittsburgh. They're coming off a buy. They're coming off a pretty bad loss against New England. Obviously, probably the best team in the league. So they're, and especially if Roethlisberger comes back, have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. So I think two pretty good spots for both teams. And obviously, I would like Pittsburgh if this was a real number. But assuming it comes in where I think it's going to be, where they're a short favorite, I'll probably be staying away. Yeah, it looks like uh, Christmas came early here for old Frankie. I uh, locked in Pittsburgh plus three there on Sunday night, uh, minus 120. But 
I uh, I I liked it with Landry Jones getting the full field goal because I just think Pittsburgh, you know, top to bottom, is a much better team than than Baltimore. And Landry Jones, you know, getting one game under his belt uh, against the Patriots, you know, it's a tough tough job to to ask someone to step in there and say, here you go, here's your first game of the year, cold against the Patriots. You know, good luck there, young young man. It's not not an easy role to fill, so. Uh, I think after the bye week, after that game, uh, he'd be you know pretty well prepared to come out here and, and show a pretty good performance. And as long as he doesn't kill you uh, and it just plays average, I think the rest of the team is better than the Ravens. So I, th- I thought getting three there was a bargain. Now if you tell me I get Roethlisberger and the three points, then I'm really loving that bet and almost kicking myself for not betting more even though I didn't know it at the time. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, to to your point, and just in general, I think um, Baltimore will provide some value going forward. Um, I think I think they're a little overvalued there after their fraudulent three and zero start. But then now they've lost four in a row, and uh, before their bye, I had them in some contest against the Jets, and just couldn't have been more frustrated with how horribly they played. And Flacco was just bad and turning it over, and this whole team just looked punchless. So. It was pretty pretty frustrating, but I think I like Harbaugh quite a bit as a coach, and I do think they have some, you know, somewhat of a foundation for um, a decent team going forward. So, if uh, I think there's a potential for them to be undervalued uh, either here in the weeks to come or the, or later in the season, depending on how it plays out. So, if you get an extra point or two with them, there's a team I'm I'm willing to back at some point, but. Uh, unfortunately for them, I don't think it comes this week against Pittsburgh. So hopefully they get uh, slapped around pretty good against Pittsburgh this week, and then maybe you could uh, get a little bit of extra value playing the Browns, which you know, is hard to believe. But maybe we could have our dream scenario of the Browns getting a big win against the Cowboys and the Steelers blowing out the Ravens and maybe get a few points too low on the Ravens the week after. But uh, we can we can always dream on that. <laughs> but anyway... Um, so that's the end of the early games. Now we'll go to the afternoon games. And the first afternoon game we got is New Orleans at San Francisco. And I had New Orleans minus three for this one. What did you have? Yeah, my guess is New Orleans minus one. The power rating was New Orleans minus three. Uh, sorry, New Orleans minus two. And then the opener at Westgate was New Orleans minus three. Uh, and the lookout was also New Orleans minus two for that, which was my power rating. Um, Right, we're seeing some early New Orleans support here with some Saints money coming in. I'm seeing some three with heavy juice on New Orleans or three and a half, and uh, which I, I do agree with that. I was kind of hoping this line would come in under that three because I would have I would have liked the Saints here just coming, you know, getting a little bit of momentum. But I know I'm not the only one that thinks that because you know you're playing playing San Francisco. That's just not not a very good team. I'd probably consider them the worst in the league, and uh, they are coming off the bye. But it's just yeah, I don't know what they're. Uh, I don't really trust that locker room either. I talked about the the Jets. I don't think San Francisco is a whole lot better. I kind of think the defense is quitting. Uh, so it's yeah, I don't know. I just I would have maybe like the Saints here a little bit at three, but didn't really love it. Uh, but kind of maybe just take it out of principle. But uh, right now we're moving moving New Orleans direction. We'll kind of see if we get any buyback, but otherwise just stay away. Yeah, I bet New Orleans here at open uh, took a minus three, um, and I like. I think they're a much better team than San Francisco. I, I think San Francisco might be head and shoulders the worst team in the league. Uh, they've, they won that opening game against the Rams, and they lost six straight going into their bye. So 
there's potential for him to come out, you know, maybe figure some things out and, you know, come out of the bye a little bit better than they went into it, or they couldn't have been any worse. But uh, they're a team that has a lot of quit to them. Uh, basically, they've just got absolutely smoked by everybody they played, except for maybe the Cowboys. They kept it close there uh, at home a few weeks ago. But other than that, they just really got slapped around by everybody they played. And it seems like they've, I don't want to say they say completely quit on Kelly, but it's uh, adjusting to his system is definitely taking uh taking its toll on their their record and their their spread covering abilities so i don't expect anything to change here anytime soon and uh, i'm gonna have to lose betting against them a time or two before i'm willing to change my mind on that but that being said i'm not going to be too stubborn where if they they do start playing with a little bit more spark and you know do slide under the number a couple times here um i'll be i'll be hesitant to bet against them uh, if that does happen, so we'll uh, we'll see how they come out. And then on the flip side, New Orleans, the, everybody seemed to be on them, or a lot of sharps were for sure last week against uh, Seattle there at home, and they got the job done fairly easily. They only ended up winning by five, but they were not not in control of that game, but they were um, right there and doing a pretty good job pretty much the whole time. So um, it's not a great spot for them getting a pretty big win and now going on the road to the West Coast. Uh, outdoors on grass historically has been a terrible spot for breeze and the saints so i don't love the spot by any means but i guess basically i'm just betting that san francisco is as bad as i hoped and the bye doesn't really help them figure anything out but i don't be totally shocked to lose this bet um i still think though that it's not a, not a terrible one at the three now now the market's moving upwards where it's either three laying 20 30 cents or three and a half and uh, it'd be tough for me. I don't think I can come in at New Orleans at that price, but obviously I won't win any part of San Francisco even getting the extra hook. So I think if you jumped on New Orleans right away, it's a good bet. Um, but if you miss the boat, I think it's probably just to sit back and watch and unless something else happens with the number here at the end of the week. So the next game we got up is Carolina at the Rams, and I had guessed Carolina minus one and a half on this one. What would you have? Yeah, I guess the Rams minus one. Uh, my power rating was Carolina minus one. And the opener was Carolina minus two. And the look ahead, it was a pick. It's right there, obviously. It was adjusted a couple points just from Carolina's performance. So it kind of tends to believe, you know, a little bit overvalued on Carolina's side. But I tend to agree with that. I just kind of think they got a little, little bit of momentum rolling forward. Uh, try to be the first team to make the playoffs, or second team, excuse me, to make the playoffs going one and five. So they have a little bit of chip on their shoulder. And they did, they did look pretty impressive last week, at least for the first half. Uh, came out guns blazing. And I mean, this would be a spot normally I'm going to take the Rams here, coming off a bye and at home and team that's pretty, pretty high on themselves. And obviously getting adjusted a couple of points just from the market from their last performance from last week, even though it was a pretty good spot. But I just don't know if this Rams team is something I can trust to uh, have a lot of faith in. So. I would only look towards the Rams, and there, there's a little bit of early Carolina money, which I'm not surprised about. So you get right now it's three with juice towards Carolina, but if it goes any higher, maybe three, three, uh, three and a half, I might uh, might hop on the Rams, but uh, not going to feel super great about it. But that'd be the only way I could look in this game. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny how uh, Carolina seems to have gotten a lot of respect back from that one win against Arizona last week, where they they did dominate that game, but everyone was talking about how great of a spot it was for them going into the game, and then they dominate, and now coming out of it uh, to be 
laying three on the road and getting bet so heavily, I mean, you know, that's they're still a two and five team. You know, let's uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit on on uh, laying points here with Carolina on the road when we haven't really seen a whole lot from them this year. So I think they're getting a lot of credit from what they did last year, and I still think they're. You know, they, obviously they have potential to be a pretty good team, but from everything we've seen, I don't know if I'm, I, I'm not definitely not in a, a case to back them this week. And so to me, it's whether a case of I trust the Rams to, to keep it closer to win the game. And uh, I mean, I'd like to, but I'm just not totally sure if I do or not. I I backed them uh, before their bye against the Giants there in London, and um, by all means, they should have at least got a push in that game getting the field goal but Keenum threw four interceptions and so I don't know if I really have faith that he's going to turn it around and I don't know if I really have faith that Jeff Fisher is going to get it straightened away out of a bye um you know the extra time to prepare I don't know if it's that valuable when he's the one doing the preparing so um if it gets above three which it looks like it might because there has been the Carolina money like you said um if it gets to three and a half I think I'd probably end up begrudgingly taking the Rams figuring that they're going to keep it close with that defense and over a field goal is huge in that game if you could lose by a field goal and still cash your bet I think that'd probably be the way I'd look but um, at the moment uh, I don't uh, have too strong of an opinion at at a flat three so probably a pass and uh, we'll see where the line ends up here going forward uh, this week Uh, the next game up we got is Indianapolis at Green Bay I had Green Bay uh, seven as my guess on this one. Where, what were you thinking here? I had Green Bay minus six and a half for my guess, and same for my power rating. Green Bay six and a half. Uh, Westgate open Green Bay minus seven, and the look at was Green Bay minus six and a half. So yeah, kind of right where unexpected here, and um, seven right now. You see Green Bay seven with a tiny bit of juice maybe at some shops, but hasn't done a whole lot of movement. Uh, this would be a game where I, you know, Green Bay kind of impressed me last week going into Atlanta like that. I, even though Atlanta did actually win, I expected Green Bay not to play as good as they did. They were, you know, in it and easily could have won that game as well. Uh, but Rodgers started looking a little bit better. I thought the one thing that's pretty funny, he had four receivers that never caught touchdowns before last week. Uh, so that just shows you how, kind of like to my point I made uh, last week or maybe a couple weeks ago, or both, uh, how they're lacking talent and that's the skilled positions that they had before, like, you know, Jordy Nelson's and Devontae Adams and stuff like that. So that's kind of interesting. We'll see if that continues. But, you know, this is the only, this is a game where I think Andy would be a pretty good play, but it's just kind of hard to back a team like that. That's been, they just look so lethargic and just so awful. I had a half unit to play on them last week and they just, just, just look, just look flat as could be. So I'd look towards Indy here to maybe come back a little bit and maybe a little bit of a, a down spot for Green Bay and not just the same team as, as of old, but I don't know if I really want to put my money towards Indy again this week, so I guess we'll see. Yeah, uh, I was obviously pretty upset with Indy last week. Uh, they're just they're just have such little talent other than luck, and you know, getting seven points with luck is it's hard to really argue with that because it seems like the back door is usually open. It seems like they just, you know, spot everybody 14 points early and then it's just a matter of whether he can rally the troops enough to sneak through the back door or not. So seven's a lot of points, but it's just, it's really amazing how poor uh, Indianapolis's team is overall. Like if, if you ever have a, 
uh, a bet on Indy and your and uh, luck goes down, I mean, you could basically rip the ticket up on the spot, almost regardless of where the where the game's at. Because uh, I can't imagine uh, you know bad quarterback going into that spot with with what he has to work with. So um, I don't really with Rogers last week. He kind of got glimpses of um, classic A. Raj, just the you know, dominant version, but. I don't know if I'm totally ready to say that I'm confident that he's going to be the the version that comes out this week, as opposed to the fairly lackluster one um, earlier in the year. Whether it's his fault or not, um, you know, I don't I don't know necessarily. But um, regardless, I'm not sure exactly which version is going to come out. So if you're giving me the throw four touchdowns and put up twenty something points in the first half version, you know, seven's not too too big of a deal to lay. Um, as, as much as any, any NFL game is. But if you're giving me the can't get hardly anything going offensively version from a few weeks ago, then seven's a huge number to lay against Luck. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. And that, for that reason, I don't feel totally comfortable teasing Green Bay as I could see them potentially losing the game outright if uh, you know the, the non-grade A-Rods version comes out. But I also could see them winning the game by 20-something, so I think it's a pretty high-variance game. And for that reason, um, I think I'd, I'd lean a little bit indie, but I think I'd pretty much stay away from the side. I did take the total opened at 52, I saw, and I missed that. And then it was uh, I took some 52-and-a-half over, and now it looks like it's up around 53-and-a-half, 54. So um i think with rogers should be able to shred this indie defense because the indie defense is beyond horrible and uh on the flip side luck should be able to have some success against this packers defense that last week looked like it was, there was players going down every other play for him so i think they're fairly injury riddled especially in the secondary and i think luck should have quite a bit of success against them so you know, you're paying for it with 52 and a half, 53, but uh, I, I see quite a bit of points in this game. So I think I already put a bet in on that, and that's the way I think I'd look in this one. Uh, the last afternoon game we got here is Tennessee at San Diego. Uh, my guess on this one was San Diego minus three and a half. What did you have there? Uh, my guess was San Diego minus three. My power rating was San Diego minus two and a half. This game opened San Diego minus five at the Westgate, and that was also a look ahead from the week before. It was minus five. Um, right now, we're seeing a little bit of money towards San Diego. That's where I'm. I like the Tennessee side here, but I was kind of you know surprised to see money towards San Diego. I'm seeing some five and a halfs, but now I'm seeing some some of those five and a halfs disappear back to fives. So maybe we're seeing a little bit of Tennessee support back. So that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. Um, I'm you know I've been pretty high in San Diego all year. I I think they're we've been kind of saying a lot, both me and you, but you know, San Diego's a team I like taking points with, but don't really like laying a whole lot with. But um, I'm not Tennessee the type of team. They're coming off extra rest here on that from that Thursday night game. San Diego's had I think four pretty tough opponents, and the two Denver's, uh, Atlanta and the uh, Oakland game, uh, back to back to back to back. So that's uh, you know pretty pretty hard competition. Some pretty good teams, top tier teams, especially offenses. So they're you know kind of a you know, battle back and forth so that's kind of a step down in class per se but um i think they might take it a little too lightly and i think this will be a little bit closer to the vest type of game that'll maybe be more of a more of a game that'll be uh you know come down to a last field goal or something like that that people might expect so i'll take tennessee here uh, at some point I'm just kind of wait and see how the market shapes up yeah you don't don't hear this a lot from me but i got a got a bad number on this game not gonna lie i 
I took Tennessee plus four and a half there at open, figuring this game's going to get bet down. And there has been some San Diego money. And granted, going from four and a half up to five, five and a half, five's pretty much a dead number, so it's not too significant. But still, I hate having a ticket in your pocket where if Tennessee wins by five, I lose my bet. And anybody who bets it now, either pushing or winning, I just absolutely hate that feeling. I feel like such a an amateur doing that. But, um, you know, it happens. You're not going to be able to uh, predict the, you know, forecast which way the line's going to move perfectly every single game, every single week. So just hoping when it, when it does uh, go against what you're thinking that it is around um, not too significant numbers. So here, yeah, it sucks not getting the five at the moment, but you know, whatever it uh, it is, what it is, it probably probably won't hurt me. Knock on wood. <laughs> Although I might have just jinxed that. But uh, in in terms of the the handicap here, uh, I I agree with you that San Diego. Uh, we, we we talked about this all year. They're a team that they're a pretty high variance team. High, very volatile. They can put up a ton of points, but they can also give up a bunch of points or if rivers makes a couple mistakes you know they can go down in a hurry and uh they're they they can compete with really good teams but they can also play down to bad teams or blow against bad teams so um in a spot where they became off division rival uh broncos then that big win at the falcons uh, another game against the broncos and then the raiders you know, their two biggest rivals, they played three games against them, along with the Falcons, who are thought of really highly in the last four weeks. So that's four straight games of let's put up maximum effort, uh, you know, go out there and get this thing done. Now they're coming home for a Tennessee team that's not too highly thought of from a pretty weak division. I mean, this is a perfect letdown spot for them. They're thinking they can just walk through this game after the teams they played. And uh, Tennessee off the Jacksonville win. You know, they've had a little bit of extra time to prepare. And they're feeling fairly good about themselves at 4-4, four and four, but they're not. it's hard for me to imagine they're going to be overconfident with uh, where they're at, and they're only a game back of Houston for the, the AFC South lead, which is a joke in itself. But I think you're going to get a pretty good effort out of them. So Tennessee's the type of team that I think is going to be able to keep it close. Uh, they haven't lost by double digits all year, even on their four losses. They've they've all been by single digits so um i think there's a good chance tennessee kind of jumps out early and san diego's a little flat and the way that tennessee's kind of plots along and just grinds games out um an early lead might be enough to cover the four and a half five and if uh even if they don't jump out to an early lead they're a type of team that keeps it close so uh i think it's a pretty good spot i like tennessee catching points and i don't like san diego laying points so uh, I think Tennessee is the right side here. Uh, on to the Sunday night game. We got Denver at Oakland. Um, little AFC West battle for, for first place in the AFC West. I think both these teams are 6-2. and two. And on this one, I my guess was Oakland minus one. What did you have here? On this one, I guessed Denver minus one and a half. My power rating was Denver minus two and a half. The opener at Westgate was Denver minus one, and the look at was Denver minus one and a half. So this is a game here where you just look at it right there from the look ahead. It basically gets adjusted a, a point and a half. Or right now, I guess Oakland's about a point favorite or a pick at some places. Uh, we did see some Oakland money right away, but just right there, you talk about a point and a half to two and a half points of value just from the look ahead from the week before. So I mean, did these two teams really adjust that much? And 
after a while, I was on Tampa Bay uh, right before game time there, before kickoff on the, on the money line, and uh, that's a game that they should. I mentioned that that's a game they should have won. Uh, Oakland did every possible thing they could have to you know give the game to them. Tampa just didn't have the talent, and it was just awful to couldn't do it. So. I don't, from that win after Oakland, I don't really upgrade them at all. I, if anything, downgrade them a little bit. That's kind of they came exactly how I thought they would. They're pretty flat and pretty poor discipline. All the players in their team, they're super cocky and you know arrogant and all that stuff. And I, I just even Jack Del Rio down to the players, you know, with cars not as bad, but it's just you know at the wide receivers and everything. It just kind of get that feeling from everybody on the team. So it's just uh, you know they might be able to get by on some foes like you know Jacksonville or. Uh, Jacksonville or Tampa Bay, but as soon as they go play, you know, step up in class and someone like Denver, you can't make mistakes like that. Otherwise, you're going to be able to, you know, find out real quickly you're going to be down by a good margin and not be able to come back. So this is a game I like Denver pretty heavy. Um, I'm just kind of waiting to see if Oakland gets more support, but I'm going to be on Denver just a matter of uh, when. But uh, I don't know. They're not really getting as much support as I thought, and Oakland's getting a lot of support, so it's kind of shocking to me. So, yes, that's a Denver for me. Yeah, I like the – I already bet. I bet the Denver side at pick. Um, I I do think that Oakland's about as high as as high as they're gonna get. And maybe not all year, but right now I think they're definitely a little overvalued. They're a prototypical team of what the the public in particular finds sexy in a football team. They're great offense, throw the ball over the field. You know, have a lot of quote unquote swagger to them, and. It's just everything, uh, you know, kind of a – they're not necessarily a public team in terms of uh, Cowboys or Packers uh, where they're just on them year in, year out. But Oakland is a team where if they get good and become popular, they're going to get a lot backed by a lot of people. So I think they're they're not too fundamentally sound um, in that over last week that I had on them. It was just unbelievably frustrating, as it was from a Tampa backer. But Oakland just kept trying to give the game away, and they had over 200 yards and penalties, which I'm pretty sure is a, a franchise high, which for the Raiders is saying something. And every time they got anything going, it was holding, holding, you know, a personal foul here, and it's just stupid bonehead play after stupid bonehead play. And it really didn't seem to bother Jack Del Rio that much. He's, you know, just kind of laughing and joking around and, and they end up winning and he feels totally vindicated. Like, all right, we can just keep doing this. But after a while, it's going to catch up to you. You can't be that, uh, you know, ignore, you know, fundamentals and, and just being playing sound, smart football and for too long and it's going to catch up to you eventually. So I think sooner or later Oakland's going to run into a little bit of a rough patch. Uh, there's no way that I don't think they can continue flying as high as they have here and on the flip side Denver's you know pretty much other than the fact that they were so good the last couple years and their defense is pretty widely recognized as being great they're the type of team that doesn't really get a whole lot of support from your average person because the defense just isn't too sexy and you know a lot of people don't look at that and say oh I want to put my money on that because it's harder to tangibly you know see basically so uh, I think Denver is a better team. The price, you know, reflects that somewhat in the fact that it's a pick'em at home for Oakland. But I think, I think Denver is gonna be highly motivated to kind of put Oakland, the new new up and coming kids on the block, uh, in their place a little bit and say, "Hey, we still run this division and uh, bring it to them pretty good." 
And if Oakland plays anything like they did last week, where they're just shooting themselves in the foot time after time and trying to hand the game away, Denver's going to take it from them, unlike Tampa. So uh, I think Denver here at a pick'em price is a, a pretty good bet. And it's one of those deals, too, where if Oakland does win this game, they're going to be valued even higher. So uh, if, if I lose monetarily this week back in Denver, uh, I think I'll be able to recoup those losses in the weeks going forward betting against Oakland because their price tag is just going to keep going up and up and up, and eventually that uh, Oakland bubble is going to burst, and I'm hopefully going to be cashing in against them. It's just a matter whether it's this week or, or sometime in the future. So mm-hmm. the last game of the week is the Monday night affair between Buffalo and Seattle. Uh, and this one, it's at Seattle. I had Seattle minus six. What did you have? This one I had Seattle minus four and a half. My power rating was Seattle minus five. The opener at the Westgate and the look ahead was both Seattle minus seven. And right away, we're, we see some Buffalo money come in. Now we're seeing six and a half so, or, so, or some sevens with shoots towards Buffalo. So kind of where I think, you know, or expected it to go. I just think seven was too much, but I really didn't want to back Buffalo. I'm not, I'm not super high on Buffalo, so I didn't really want to back them at seven. But I really don't think Seattle should be laying that many points. They're just not the same team, team that they used to be and maybe that the market's giving them credit for. I think that's been pretty evident all year since I've been down on Seattle. But uh, at the same time, I won't be super shocked. They came out and looked halfway decent and kind of got people back on board their bandwagon. But, you know, talk about, you know, going into the playoffs or something like that, I won't feel too confident with them. But, I, uh, yeah, I would maybe maybe have a slight lean towards Buffalo at the 7. But now that you have to pay a little bit of a premium to get that or, or get it at 6.5, I'd you know, probably just stay away from this game. Yeah, I think I think for the most part these are two known commodities. I think Seattle defense above average to really good. Their offense probably mediocre. They have between Russell Wilson and uh, some of their playmakers, they have the ability to be above average, but their lines holding them back a decent amount. So they kind of they kind of are what they are on offense. If they can get decent protection, they can be good. But more often than not, they're probably going to be average, just slightly below. And then on the flip side, Buffalo has a you know whatever pretty average defense and offenses that just seems kind of void of playmakers at this point with Watkins hurt and McCoy hurt. Uh, does there, do you know if there's any word on whether McCoy is going to be available for this game or not? I'm pretty sure he's out. Okay. That's what I've heard. So, uh, I, know no, last... I guess he's he's questionable. That's what it says on my on here. But um, I I haven't heard. I thought that he was out for sure, but I guess obviously not. But so I guess yeah, he's questionable. Okay. Well, I mean, they just they kind of have a lack of um, playmakers uh, as well. Not a whole lot of a talent there. Uh, and Tyrod's he's okay, but he's not good enough to carry an offense by himself. So um, I don't know. I think they're a pretty average team. So. I don't feel confident enough in Seattle's, particularly their their offense, to lay a full touchdown with them. But I also don't know if I completely trust Buffalo's offense going on the road and and scoring enough to keep up if Seattle does play have a good game offensively. So to me, it's a fairly easy pass. Um, one thing I'm maybe be a little interested in is the under. Seattle's usually you know pretty much an under team, and then Buffalo. Um, going into a tough environment like that, they might try to, and they are one of the better running teams, which McCoy you know, isn't good if he's out, but they still might try to control the 
the ball a little bit and slow the game down. So I think 44 is uh, a fair price to try to maybe take an under, especially it's in a primetime game, so it happens to get bet up. Uh, there might be a little extra value even on the under. So I think that's probably the way I'd look in this game, but don't feel extremely confident about it. And it's one of those deals where if this were a game, random game uh, on the slate Sunday, I probably wouldn't be betting anything. So um, no need to force it on a Monday night. You can just kind of watch and maybe even see if there's an in-game line that feels out of whack. You can jump in during the game, but uh, I probably won't be involved in this one. So that wraps up the the week nine slate here now let's head on over to the old concept corner now clear your head as we back into concept corner all right so for the concept corner today we just wanted to talk uh about with with this time of year there's nhl started up now nba's going in full swing you got college basketball starting up and then you still got pro and college football and even you know, a game or two left in baseball here but uh, there's just so many games with the all those sports going basically daily, except for uh, NFL. There's just so many different games out there and so many betting opportunities, which is a good thing for betters. But, uh, you know, the more games the books are forced to put up, the more chances there are they have a put up a wrong number and, and you can jump. But at the same time, um, it also uh, creates more opportunity to, be less disciplined and and basically bet games just to have action or when you don't really have an edge and it it goes back to the question we've asked in this thing many times is are you just doing it for entertainment or are you trying to make money because if you're just doing it for entertainment yeah whatever you know oh there's an nhl game on your tv i'll go bet 20 bucks on that or oh there's a college basketball game going i'll go throw a 15 there and you know that's fine but if you're actually trying to uh, make money you it's basically impossible to handicap all the different sports with all those games every day. So you really want to stick to what you know best, where you think you have the biggest edge and, um, you know, what you, you could even try different sports and, and, um, put in, you know, theoretical plays and track your profitability over a course of a couple months or a season or whatnot, and then really figure out, what you're the best at and then really just f- focus in on those areas and uh and not try to overextend yourself by either handicapping um like spending too much time and burning yourself out or not being able to put in the depth and quality of work in any particular area because you're spreading yourself too thin and uh your profitability can really really lack because of that so you really want to focus in on what you're good at and uh, stick to that, and and if it's not working out, you, you know sometimes uh, it might be something that you didn't expect you'd be good at, uh, or 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 whatnot, or a different sport even. So you don't want to be too stubborn and say, oh, I like I like NBA the best, so I'm going to bet that even even though you might be better at handicapping, you know, college football. So I really just want to try different stuff out and and see what you're the best at, and uh, and then keep stick with that. Yeah. So yeah. Go off what Frank was saying. It's you know, I, even like someone like me and even like him. It's like we're you know we're busy. I I don't really have a lot of time to be able to handicap all these different sports. I don't I don't you know I'm not a handicapper professionally full time. And that's why I just specialize in NFL and it is one of the hardest sports to beat um, consistently. But I I find the most value in it and I 
um, you know, constantly watching market moves, constantly seeing what, you know, what's happening all week long and what, watching, you know, reading different things and here and there about different teams and, you know, just watching everything and momentum wise. So I, I could follow that, but it's, you know, it's, it'd be tough to do that for every single sport. So that's why I just specialize in one. That's why I'd outsource it to other places that people I trust in or respect in, in the industry that, you know, have more time to do it or do it full time and, and something that they have a track record in rather than me trying to, you know, figure something out on my own or, 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 or do go into it because that's the problem if you start doing something and you know you start betting money on it and you don't do well and you you really don't know if you have an edge or not where that's why you know, like frankie said theoretically track it it'd be nice it's a good 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 idea you can kind of put them into theory for a good you know season or at least a couple months just to kind of you know test run the waters and that's where around sports comes in pretty handy for for people you can put in your plays and you know track everything and see how you're doing and give you a you know break it down by the month or whatever date range you want to and you know unit size and the bet type and all the other stuff so it's a lot easier to you know give an actual figure of how you're doing instead of just saying oh yeah i think i did pretty good so yeah that's where you know take advantage of it that even with me i know that you can take advantage of those day-to-day sports like nba and college basketball i'm not oblivious to that fact but it's just a lot of work so yeah put a lot of work in there's definitely a lot of you know money to be made but just keep that in mind. Don't try to be a hero and handicap every single sport. You know, just try to specialize and see what you're good at and, and where you can make money at and then, and, and, you know, capitalize on it. Yeah. And, um, the one point there is you can, you can, uh, you can always outsource too. If, you know, you're really good at NFL, you know, like say Rob is, and he's, he, he wants to bet other stuff, but he doesn't have the edge or the knowledge or the, you know, the ability to, there's, there's always like he i know for instance um he buys picks or time yeah, yeah or the time or yeah you just don't want to whatever you know he buys picks from um you got aaron renning from sports memo who's one of the best nba handicappers and you know he's probably better than rob you know will necessarily ever be at betting nba so instead of rob spending all his time handicapping and you know seeing if he even has an edge and then if he does you know how, how putting all the time and effort into it when there's multi, you know tens games per day or, or what have you on an NBA card. Instead, he just pays for a picks from somebody that he respects and has a long-term record of profitability and uh, entails them, and it's a pretty simple process. And then he can spend more time focusing on you know the NFL, which uh, he's shown a nice track record of producing profit in, and, uh, and everyone's happy. So that's one way to, to go about it, and that's... Uh, so that's just a little discussion on, you know, really focusing in on uh, on your, your finding your niche basically, and not overextending yourself and really getting burnt out when it comes to betting, uh, especially this time of year with all the different options available. So let's uh, finish up the podcast here with our AS pick of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, Rob. So it looks like uh, last week you had San Diego there against Denver. And they were right in it till the end, getting the, the five and a half. But it uh, looks like a kind of a coin flip didn't go your way there, and they ended up not quite covering. So that drops you to four and two on the year, right? Yeah, a little bit of a two-game skid here. And the last couple of weeks I've had some losing net overall units. Hopefully I can get back on the right track here. And it looks like the market's shaping up that way so far. doesn't mean I'm going to win, but I like markets moving in the right direction. So hopefully we can find some value here uh, going forward. And then last week I was on the Oakland-Tampa Bay over, which looked a little dicey there early. Uh, and they were giving, giving points away and just uh, not wasn't on pace to go over there early, but 
then uh, they picked up the pace there and ended up did getting over. So I snuck that one through. So that gets me to three, two, and one on the year. So I'm only uh, half game back on you there with my old uh, old push. So and I and I took the tee box from you for the the second hole in a row. So let's uh, yeah, see step to the box. All right. Um, so yeah, I bet. I mean, I mentioned a lot, most of my bets here, but a lot of the, or basically all the bets I made, except for that Tennessee one, have all gone in my direction. So I can't really release any of those as my pick of the week because there's, I don't like them nearly as much on the numbers that are available now. Um, I the one that I <clears throat> still have to find the number widely available and I like quite a bit is that uh, Denver. It uh, looks like you can get them at lay one, take one, or pick. Uh, but it's pick at most places, so I'll go ahead and release that at pick uh, for all the reasons I stated earlier. Uh, Denver is going to be my my pick of the week. Yep, that was my play. Um, that's obviously might be coming in with a bigger play uh, all year on Denver here later uh, in the week, or maybe even tonight, or whatever. I, whenever I feel like it's the proper time. So, yeah, that was my play. So it looks like I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into the bar- barrel here. Um, I guess I'll have to go with Tennessee. Uh, fade San Diego this time since it didn't work for me last time. Uh, San Diego last week, although that has nothing to do with it, but just a joke. But yeah, I'll take uh, Tennessee. It looks like five and a half isn't quite widely available. I think it's more five. So I'll do the conservative route and take Tennessee at five. Uh, will be my ass to pick of the week for the week nine. All right. That sounds good. Well, I'm uh, heading out there to, to Vegas tomorrow. So it'll be, uh, be good seeing you. And watch the watch the games together this weekend will be a good time and uh see what uh what we can pick out and and uh hopefully we can get, get back on uh get back on track here for your pick of the week and have a good uh, week nine overall yeah exactly yeah you see uh wednesday night when you get in here and uh started to watch the games here coming on sunday so yeah anybody in the vegas area more than welcome to come over to the the office i got here and Take a look at the games and uh, enjoy some football with with me and Frank. Um, more than more than happy to have you. But if not, uh, we'll just uh, talk about what we what we can uh, next week. All right. So good luck to everyone out there in week nine, and we'll be back next week to break it all down again. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.